You're listening to the Creating Resilience podcast with Anne Diamond's Creative Changemaker. I'm passionate about helping clients create calm in their busy lives by having more creative playtime. In each episode, I'll be sharing easy ways to sneak some creativity into your life, whatever it may throw at you. From my own experiences and those of my invited guests, we'll show you how you can overcome any challenge and build your own resilience toolkit. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Creating Resilience podcast. It's very exciting. I'm not sure if you got to listen to the last episode, but it's available on the channel here if you want to go back to it. But it was a little introduction into why I started the podcast and what I wanted to achieve with it. And every every episode I'm going to be alternating between listening to things I'm reflecting on and also having guests and I guess the most important thing to do now is introduce this week's guest who without whom this podcast wouldn't be available because he is my engineer and I'm using his studio so um, obviously very important person involved with this podcast and he is John Diamond, and you will recognise from the name that he is my other half, uh, otherwise known as John D. Revelator. So welcome, John. Thank you, Anne. And uh, I just want to c- correct you on something. It's our studio, because uh, uh, it's obviously in our back garden. So I, I don't want to think that you, you're not allowed in here. It's, it's our studio, and hence we're doing this. The joys of doing a podcast with your <laughs> husband. There you go. I've been corrected already. So anyway, yes, we have two. We're very fortunate to have two studios at our home. I have my art studio, um, which we converted our attic uh, just uh, a couple of years ago. And and we have also this lovely space that we're in right now where we rehearse as a band. And um, John does all his magic recording and songwriting. So without further ado, John... Um, Tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Well, uh, I'm John, uh, as you correctly say. Um, and uh, yes, some people know me as John from John D. Revelator. John D. Revelator being the name of the band, but then I also go out as solo John D. Revelator shows. It's very confusing. So yes, John D. Revelator, uh, where I perform uh, mainly originals uh, up and down the country at festivals and pubs and venues and things like that and have done for the last seven or eight years. Um, that's my evening, weekend persona. Uh, during the rest of the week, I'm John Diamond, Drystone Waller, and uh, once upon a time, environmental consultant. Um, uh, and uh, all of the time underneath that, I'm John Diamond, father and husband. Oh, many hats there, John. I need a lot of hats, I'm bald. <laughs> Okay, and obviously this podcast is called Creating Resilience. So, um, I just wondered if you could. Um, I'm going to ask these same questions to all the guests that we have. So the next question is: How has creativity helped you become more resilient? Well, the two things that I do uh, that I'm known for doing um, uh, in terms of the ones I admit to, the ones that I've been caught at doing, obviously, um, are, as I said, dry stone walling and making music, with both of which are very creative things. I've fallen, fallen into both, kind of. Uh, I've always been 
I, I want to be a musician. Uh, played a little bit of guitar and stuff at school and in my teenage years and in my twenties. I always really wanted to be a musician more than I was, uh, and I probably got to a point where I stopped caring what people think about me before I started going out and playing my own stuff in front of strangers, which is a very liberating thing. Um, and similarly with Dry Stone Walling, uh, I'm, I'm a farmer's boy originally, so I've always been fairly capable with my hands. Ooh, uh. And uh, so fell into doing that because when I was working in environmental works and things like that, I seemed to be better able and better suited to doing it than some of the people I worked with and found it kind of easy and very pleasurable and there's something quite satisfying about a finished product be it a song or a dry stone wall feature or something in someone's garden that people will appreciate and love uh, for a long time if not for posterity so you mentioned that you started performing again what prompted you to go out there and and start playing music in public again well, like a lot of people, uh, I perhaps lacked the encouragement uh, that I needed. Um, you know, being an artist or a musician or what have you isn't a uh, it's not a real job, is it? It's it's not uh, it's it's not one of these things that you're ever really going to do for a living. Don't say that. Uh, well, that's that's kind of the, the accepted wisdom, isn't it? But it's not accepted. That's why I'm coaching people against that. Absolutely. So you know, I fell into that trap of thinking that it wasn't a real thing that was really a bit, bit frivolous and a bit of a waste of time. And and as I said earlier on, you kind of care a lot more what people think about you uh, when you're younger and and what have you. So. It sort of drifted away. I, I worked postgraduate as a scientist. I did obviously did degree, which was seemed to be the right thing to do. Uh, and you, you kind of go along with what's expected of you a little bit when you when you're younger, or, or many people do. I certainly did. And I suppose it kind of stems from a lack of, you know, confidence or, or oomph, call it what you will. Um, and I would say the thing that spurred me on and got me back into playing music and performing music again was growing up a bit, getting a bit more confident in myself, having a bit more time at home. Once you, once the kids arrived, I was at home playing the guitar rather than going out the pub or clubbing or doing whatever we were doing when you're younger. And it, it you know, I got to the point where I stopped really caring too much whether people thought I was an idiot or not accepting my role as an idiot and cracking on and going out and performing as 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 well-meaning idiot and here i am enjoying every moment of it and you've forgotten to mention a very important person who actually you did go out and perform with and uh, probably encouraged you to do your first recording well you no. <laughs> you obviously performed uh, encouraged me an awful lot which was no. But uh, there was a gentleman when we lived up in Scotland by the name of Colin, and I certainly haven't forgotten Colin, who was a, a bit of a partner in, in in late night revelry and sitting down in my freezing cold shed. Um, we were knocking out old blues tunes, and he also encouraged me to start performing some of my, my own material, which, you know, I, I'm eternally grateful for him for doing. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, certainly without... Uh, the good doctor, uh, Baird, uh, I probably wouldn't be uh, out every weekend shouting at strangers in pubs. Or certainly not with a guitar in my hand, anyway. Hello, Colin. We love you and we miss you much, Lee. Very much so, big fella. Um, so, you started recording. 
you started playing you um you got a songwriting award as well didn't you you got a, a, a award for one of your songs that's right yeah uh one of the local folk clubs up in scotland uh which was uh another thing that you know just reinforces that you're not just uh wasting your time and that you're doing something that other people enjoy doing as well and then um we had a big life change didn't we and um I guess songwriting helped you through that too because um I'll tell this story because um it's 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 quite a it's quite a emotional one. Um we had to move away from where we lived and uh our daughter's a school teacher asked had heard that um you write songs and um asked if you'd write a song for um our daughter's class to help them deal with the fact that she was leaving. That's right, uh, and I, I I did, and it was uh, it went down very well, and they wrote a response to it, which is a lovely thing. Uh, the song's called Pinky Promises. I think our daughter was five at the time, five or six, and uh, yeah, it was it was it really helped us with the move. It helped the kids uh, with the move, um, and and then we came down. The, the reason we had to move is because of unfortunately the age we are. Parents get start getting a little bit uh, crumbly and, and falling off the perch, so to speak. And my mother was uh, had had a terminal illness, so we had to come down and care for mum and dad. And that, yeah, you know, songwriting helped me through that as well. Uh, and there was at least a couple of my songs uh, that are directly about uh, loss and uh, how deeply it affects people. And uh, certainly, the song Australia. Uh, affected an awful lot of people and it's one of the songs I quite regularly get asked to play um, it's quite a difficult song for me to play sometimes because I'm quite emotionally invested in it and it doesn't fit in with absolutely everything that I do in other situations but at the same time uh, every now and then I, I rattle it out Yeah, yeah, you've had quite a lot of people um, really resonate with that song haven't you it's, um, it's, it's a common theme for people dealing with loss isn't it especially now I guess well, uh, I'm afraid a bit like, uh, yeah, it's, it's, they say there's only two certainties, don't they? Uh, death and taxes. And um, I think there's various other crude uh, uh, retellings of that proverb, which I won't go into now. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's going to affect everybody at some point. Um, and grief is something that everybody uh, will experience at some point in their lives. So, yeah, that's the common theme there, I suppose. So so thanks for sharing that, John. Um and obviously I've been there all the way through so I've seen um how powerful how powerful your words can be and um I don't know if you want to explain just uh, how playing music actually helps you just deal with everyday challenges because um obviously we we practice regularly and performing um is is, is a different experience as well uh, well everyday it's 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 a triumph of organization uh or or at least blundering from one slightly disorganised thing to another um, it certainly helps with the communication and it helps with uh, logistics and just getting on with people really um, if you've got to organise a festival gig up in you know, a far end of the country that'll involve a lot of communication a lot of talking to people, talking to people within the band talking to the organisers um, you know, so yeah, in terms of everyday challenges, it's 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 it, it, uh, it sharpens the mind a bit sometimes. Um, 
it also means that sometimes you inevitably as with any endeavor you get it wrong and you end up getting helped out by all kinds of lovely people who you know generally go out of their way to help you uh, i'm a firm believer that most people in this world are very very nice and they want to help each other out and actually kind of do want to reach out and wish to be reached out to so uh you know i don't i think playing music in bands and pubs full of strangers and things like that which can sometimes be daunting if not terrifying sometimes it reinforces that actually people on the whole are very nice and they they really do want they come along and they want to like you and you want to like them and invariably uh you get a you know a, a really good feeling from communicating interacting with people really yeah, I agree with that. So when you're playing music, when you know, apart from the setting up and building down, which is obviously the the techie bits and the and the, and the you know the stuff that takes up energy, how do you feel when you're actually playing music? Um, I'm usually to start off with apprehensive because you don't know, especially if it's a if it's a new place you're playing. You don't know whether they're going to like you. You don't know whether you know the, 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 it's going to sound any good. It's, you know, but if, you know, if generally I'm doing this long enough and, and enough now to roughly know what I'm doing, my kit uh, and how I sound. And so once you get usually a couple of songs into a set, if you're playing for 45 minutes or something, you you, know, you you hit your stride a bit, and um, it tends to fly by because, like like all things, if you're having fun, it goes by really, really quickly. Thanks for that, John. So, um, one final question. If you could wake up tomorrow and start a dream creative project with no barriers to cost or time or, or resources, what would it be? It's a difficult question because, in all honesty, um, I'm very, very lucky. And I, and I thank my lucky stars if there are such things every day because, actually... I get the opportunity to do two things that I really love doing for a living. Uh, and I'm fit enough and able enough to go and chuck stones about during the day when it's nice. Uh, and sometimes when it's not very nice, I'm able to not do that and come disappear up into my studio and make music make the music i want to do uh, obviously like most musicians i wish i was better at it but you know life every day's a, you know life's like that and every day's a school day and if you stop learning you you stop growing so i in all honesty thinking about it uh, and you know I'll, I'll showbiz secret you did pass me this question before and i thought about it and i wouldn't be doing anything any different than i am now so thanks for that, John. Um, as always, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, but I get the joy of doing that every day. So if the listeners wanted to find out more about your music and where to find your tracks and merch, where should they look? be looking? Well, it's all over the internet. Uh, we are on Bandcamp and uh, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, that kind of stuff. We also have a Facebook page and a website. Thanks very much, John. Um, and that's it for this week's episode. So thanks very much for listening and we'll hope to see you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. So that's all for this time. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and please share with anyone you know who might benefit from hearing what we discussed today. 
If you want to find out more about how I can help you create change in your life and discover more creative ways to living and working well, you can check out my website at www.worksafeandwell.co.uk where you can read the weekly blog posts and book a free Power Hour Discovery Call. You can also download a free guide to taming your stress triggers from the website at worksafeandwell.co.uk forward slash overwhelmed hyphen and hyphen stressed. For all links to my creative work, look up my Linktree link forward slash and diamond artist. I also run a private Facebook Beat Burnout support group. The links to that and all the other ones mentioned here are in the show notes below. Until next time, stay safe and well and keep creating.